So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What's going on, guys? Dr. Danny here with the Active Atlanta Podcast, and I've got Dr. Jake Swart on with me today, who is one of our docs, background in strength and conditioning, PT, overall just movement ninja, and we want to talk about ways that you can help improve how you're moving, how you feel by adding in strength to your uh, training um, routine, which many people avoid in particular. Sure. I see a lot of people that are older that avoid it, as well as uh, women. I think they're scared to add that in. So before we get into that, let's let's let you kind of dive into your, your background a little bit, let people know how you got involved in this and how you became a PT. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I think um, like many PTs, my, my background in terms of how I became one is uh, I dealt with a lot of injuries myself uh, growing up. Had like six different surgeries. Um, kind of ran the gamut of PT. My actual, my actually my first introduction with physical therapy was pretty crappy. Um, it was like your traditional old school models, you know, youngest one in there by like four or five decades, Yeah. but was still doing like the exact same exercises as Grandpa Joe over there who's trying to re- recover from a knee rehab or from a total knee. And I'm trying to get back to playing football or basketball or whatever the case may be. And, uh, but then fast forward a few years and I got introduced to a DPT or somebody who, a doctor who had their doctorate in physical therapy. He was operating out of a gym. Um, he was combining strength and conditioning with his uh, physical therapy. I was like, oh shit, like this is definitely where I could see myself going. Yeah. So um, at a pretty early stage, I guess you can say in my um, career progressions, I knew I wanted to go to physical therapy school, um, but it was very um, niche specific in terms of how I wanted to carry that out. So I sought out specific opportunities. In undergrad, I did about a six month long uh, rotation at an athletic performance enhancement center where we worked with field and court athletes predominantly. Um, getting them better on the field, worked with a couple like like youth athletes, things like that, and then I was able to take that training knowledge with me to physical therapy school, and then in physical therapy school, learned the rehab side of things, learned that there's a lot of uh, gaps <laughs> there. Yeah. I think more PT, I think, uh, I thought that the strength conditioning stuff that they did in PT school was more like range of motion with a yellow TheraBand than it was like anything like true strengthening wise. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so yeah, I use my background strength conditioning to go into uh, to better enhance my patients' outcomes with physical therapy. Yeah, and I think that you know we kind of all have our own individual biases with mm-hmm. uh, background experience and you know courses we've gone to. But one one many variables are similar. One of those being um, strength training, like true strength training. Not mm-hmm. saying we want you to be a power lifter or Olympic lifter, but getting your uh, your your skeletal system and your musculoskeletal system strong mm-hmm. is one of the best ways to have a long, active, healthy life. For sure. Uh, and 
doing it correctly is actually one of the best ways to avoid injuries. And I think for a lot of people, they're scared. I, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody that like, legitimately played professional baseball that didn't want to do weight training anymore because he didn't want to be tight and bulky. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, yeah. it, which is a opposite of what we usually see is just right. like people are worried they're going to hurt themselves when they get under load. Mm-hmm. But if done correctly and you get strong through range, it's one of the best ways to actually bulletproof your 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 joints and your muscles from eventually getting put into positions that you might not expect. So, yeah. it, what, what, what's your take on strength training in particular for people, mm-hmm. and like how do you like to mix that in with people that are apprehensive with it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways. I think um, I think anytime you get somebody in the gym, it's not it, it's so much more complex and like okay, let's put a barbell on you, let's get you loaded up, and let's get going. There's a yeah. lot of psychosocial factors that go into that. People have been injured before when they're in the weight room. People have uh, misconceptions of what true strength looks like. Um, you know, misconceptions all the time, whether you're a guy or a girl, about getting too bulky. It sounds like or yeah. um, all these different all these uh, like wives' tales essentially that are out there that just simply aren't true. So I got to figure out where they're at from a mental space to um, when they first come into the gym to figure out where we even need to start and where and then uh, from there we can do some movement assessments we can see like how well they move but then really what i'm gonna what my goal is is to is to almost kind of like trick people into strength training right yeah so like um we'll start off with like low loads um we um there's a lot of different variables you can manipulate whether that's range of motion people go through the load that they go through the tempo that they go through that load um the style of the exercise itself so say somebody is afraid of doing back squats because things going to hurt their back. All right, that's fine. I can start to, like I respect that fear of theirs and like okay, well let's get you doing a Bulgarian split squat, you know. And uh, I won't even use the term Bulgarian split squat. I'll, I'll say rear foot elevated lunge or something like that. Yeah. Um, just to kind of avoid that whole fear of tendency that or that fear avoidance thing that you can have. Um, and then a lot of times, lo and behold, they get they're still getting the tra- the target that I'm looking for in terms of lower extremity strength, but they're also developing a motor pattern that looks very similar to a squat. They're just doing it on one leg. Yeah. And then we can then start loading them up. It's like, okay, now let's try this with an empty barbell with your uh, cross your back there. And then uh, they they dive right in. Like, oh, this doesn't hurt. I actually feel pretty strong. Perfect. Now let's keep going with that movement there. Yeah. So I think it's really important to find ways that uh, it, there's no cookie cutter program of if you're trying to start a strength program. Great, you got to get a barbell in your hands and you got to. Um, do this huge linear progression, and if you miss one day, you're you're, you're donezo. But um, there's definitely starting points, and, and it's variable, and it's and it can very much be um, person by person in terms of the case. You know, one thing that I I I feel like is a common uh, trend that we see in here in particular is you can name a movement. Let's say it's a you know picking weight up off the ground. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a squat. Maybe it's pressing something overhead. Uh, where people have had an injury doing these things before, and they they blame the movement, uh, the, the movement's the problem. Of their capacity like, that they <laughs> yeah, like like for instance, well I can't squat because it hurts my knees. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, uh, you know, okay the squat is bad, mm-hmm. we know that that is a very primitive movement. You do it as a baby with no coaching. People do it all over the world every single day, and they have no problems with it. We know the movement is very you know it's it's very primal. It's part of what we sh- we can do, but you have a problem with it, so you blame the movement instead of looking at what what are the limitations that you have that are stopping you from being able to actually do this movement. Spot on. So how, how do you how do you address that? Because I think for a lot of people that is a very difficult mindset shift that they have to make mm-hmm. versus avoidance to then problem solving. Yeah. 
No, I think you got to prove it to them. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. like you can go through a bunch of different. There's all kinds of screens you name it. If you want to do like an FMS or a mobility watt or whatever the case may be, there's there's plenty of different options out there for you if you want to combine them. But I think you got to like take people through a movement screen and show them like. Um, no, you, you actually, your ankle mobility is, is, is a huge limiting factor for you. So you tip forward a lot more, which is increasing the shear force that goes on into your lower back because you're increasing that moment arm. Now that now we're just talking to going through a physics lesson. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, um, and then once you show that to them and then you can make the appropriate adjustments and show them like, okay, you have limited ankle mobility. What if we gave you a front squat instead of a back squat? Or what if we put your heels up on a plate? Or what if we did a, a number of things you can do to, get rid of that barrier that is poor ankle mobility and oh lo and behold your knees don't hurt when you squat clearly it's not the squat movement that's yeah. causing the knee pain it's uh, just your it's your inca incapacity to be able to do it correctly with uh, good uh, mechanics let's say somebody is uh, you know ready to get into training of some sort mm -hmm. um, what what do you see in terms of kind of red flags of hey if this place is doing this this and this you probably want to find somewhere else yeah and then what things are really positive elements that people should look for in a place where they're looking to go and actually like work out yeah i think um i think some red flags i typically see is when um you start having uh like pro like when people write programs they they write uh to their own biases right yeah. and i think that if you start seeing movements that are just coached all like all the time like i was just talking to somebody the other day who said like look i like to squat just as much as the next person i think it's a very functional movement but if it's being programmed every single day into your programming or you're just getting beat up with squats might want to see start seeing like start taking a deeper look at the programming or asking the coach like some of the points of the programming like you should be able to go up and talk to a coach or a trainer or whoever who's ever there and ask what the point of that program is and they should be able to list it out to you right. um, we're doing this movement because of that we're trying to improve this or we're doing that um all that is important it's not just throwing random exercises up there and there should be a point there should be a point to the progression like you guys should be no matter if it's a general fitness class or if it's a very specific like barbell class there should be a path that you're going down and you should be able to know what that is you should be able to talk to a gym member and say hey what's what's the point of the program today? or that or what are we doing like what are we trying to accomplish yeah. i think all those are important variables to know instead of just going in showing up and just doing whatever whatever's told for you to do and then um i think if some if there's a gym that's just crushing you with intensity every day yeah. they're just trying to make you as sweaty as they can make you they're just trying to get you um just because people like to sweat people like to go in and work hard and feel like they got crushed but that's not the best thing for you we know that from a hormonal level we know that from a sleep from a sleep perspective recovery all that fun stuff um if they're just coming in and they're just blasting you with um high intensity neural training or they're really working like very uh like anaerobic capacities all the time then um you might want to like take a step back and and either not necessarily find another gym but maybe supplement that workout with something else on your own yeah i think the one of the things that we see that's frustrating for a lot of people is is the barrier to entry in most facilities that are uh, uh lower cost group classes right so let's say between I don't know, uh, 150 and maybe $250 a month for uh, just group classes. Like you show up and there's a bunch of people there at once um, is that there rarely is any sort of individualized assessment on the front end right. to see what potential problems might exist. Mm -hmm. um, I know when we get a chance to see somebody before they start training, it's always such a better uh, transition because they at least know, okay, um, I struggle with the lunge pattern, like these are the things that help improve it, but I need to be careful of loading this mm -hmm. for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know as a, 
uh, as a business owner, that might be a difficult um, thing to add in for them to be able to do that. But it's such a valuable time to really be able to realize that this is a unique person that has unique injuries mm-hmm. and also has unique goals. And then how do you know what you should and shouldn't do with them and be able to modify that for them? It, it gets really hard in those situations. And, and you know, I, I think one thing that we've seen over and over again is the stick rate for something like just like a super high intensity uh, group training tends to be about three to four months. And many of uh, those people leave because they are they get burned out mm-hmm. or they get hurt and they get mm-hmm. frustrated. Um, you know, and, and making somebody feel tired and breathe, like making somebody breathe heavy, feel like they're going to puke a little bit is really not hard at all. It's not skilled at all. Yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Anyone like, can do that. and the perception is, oh, this is really hard. It's working versus mm-hmm. intelligent, uh, program development, intelligent training. Like if I work with a professional athlete, my goal is not to, uh, crush them. You don't want to redline them. <laughs> not only <laughs> that, but like they get paid millions of dollars to play a game. Right. Right. So their their skill acquisition is important, but but they they you you putting them on that fine line between elite uh, training and sickness is very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the average person, training in these high intensity manners over and over and over again, and not giving the body adequate time to recover, all they end up doing is going the opposite direction. For sure, they get weaker, they gain more body fat because the the, the body's hormones are are off, and it's such a weird paradigm for people to be like, wait a second, so if I train less, uh, but I do it intentionally mm-hmm. I'll get a better outcome right like, yeah <laughs> spot on like that's it I was just having this conversation yesterday I was talking to I was talking to this person she was telling me that she's got these all these like body composition goals and yeah. she's telling me that she's working out every single day she's doing a 365 challenge I was like why <laughs> like th- yeah. there's so many better ways to do that like at that what point, is that they just train every day yeah for I, a guess, year? I guess so yeah training okay. every single day um <laughs> social media right she's got she's got to post it on social media for accountability or whatever that means but um, she's she's posting. She's gonna work out every single day for 365 days straight, and apparently that's what she deemed appropriate to be able to get to her body composition goals. Yeah. And I can promise you, there's a, about 15 different ways that are way more optimal than doing that. Oh man, <laughs> a ton. And yeah. one, I think one of the one of the missing links that is not addressed as well is uh, movement efficiency. Yeah. Right. So like, especially somebody coming off an injury. Uh, oftentimes they've done it to themselves because mm-hmm. of lack of uh, quality movements. Mm-hmm. And the, it's, it's interesting. It's like the more that you train in bad positions, the more that becomes your reflexive pattern that you're going to do when you're breathing heavy mm-hmm. and you're tired and you're, you can't focus exclusively on, on that movement. Mm-hmm. Like if, for, for instance, when we're doing high intensity training, which definitely has its place. Right. But if you're intentional about your training and, and one of the philosophies that we like is is does your first rep look like your last rep? Mm-hmm. Like the, it, it should be very, very similar. Right. And if it's not, then your intensity variable is too high mm-hmm. or your control is not there. And to be able to like bring people along that continuum where they all of a sudden their quality movement is their default right. it is huge because you know we, we all have had accidents happen to us, right? Let's say you're mm-hmm. walking and you slip. Mm-hmm. So you slip and you know, you, you, you catch yourself, but you catch yourself in sort of a wide position that maybe looks like a lunge or leg is behind you. Mm-hmm. If you never express that movement it, it, with, with the body, and then all of a sudden you're forced to be there quickly, right. what do you think is going to happen? See ACL. Yeah. You're, are you like <laughs> <Right>. more <laughs> likelihood or the likelihood of being higher of having an injury or lower? And I, I think this is where uh, we get really frustrated sometimes with people that go, go to gyms where it's very, you know, uh, 
templated programming, no individualization, and they're not actually really making these true long-term changes, which are the gym is a place to improve your uh, your body in a very safe environment where you're not mm-hmm. going to slip. Right. To then be more robust outside of that, right? Sure. So, so I, I think for us, obviously, we get a little bit frustrated with this, but uh, for people that are, they're like, okay, I feel like I fall into that camp. I've been going to a high intensity training place where there's just a coach yelling at 30 people at once, and there's really no, <laughs> right. co- there's no coaching. It's just being a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. What are some easy places where they can start to work on? improving their own strength like what what movements should they really focus on that are sort of core tenets of what somebody should be doing from a strength uh, plan yeah so i mean i think um when you start looking at strength training i like to break it up in terms of like um, different different movement groups so i like to do a squat pattern i like to do the lunge pattern and then for the upper body i like to do a horizontal push i like to do a horizontal pull um or like vertical give, pull give an example of those like what yeah. movements would those be yeah okay so uh, so squat lunge i want to see get see on one leg too so like that's really important people are always missing that unilateral or one-sided yeah. movement piece that's really important but then also when you get up to the upper body because <laughs> training is not just lower body driven yeah. by any means uh i want to see how well you can do a pull-up can you press a weight up over your head uh horizontal pushing not not quite as much not quite as important as the other ones but that's gonna be something like push-ups like at a minimum, can you hit like can you hit your body weight in terms of push-ups? So that's a really important skill set to have too. Um, so those are those are the big movements that I kind of look at. So just again, squat, lunge, single leg, um, vertical pushing, like a like a press or shoulder press, push jerk, things like that. Yeah. Um, pull-ups, so vertical pull, and then a, and the uh, horizontal push pull, so like push-ups and bent over row are yeah. really important. You know, and I, I think people fall into two camps too with like. Some people love strength training. Mm-hmm. Some people do not Damn. want to do it at all. Damn. And what we tend to see, usually males that are tighter, uh, maybe a little more naturally strong, they like it. Every day right. is like bench press day for them. <laughs> you yeah. know, like they, 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 they like it because they're a little stiffer and they can express strength better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the flip side of that, women that are more flexible tend mm-hmm. to avoid it because they're worried about getting bigger. Um, or maybe they just they, they don't perceive it as a valuable addition to what they're doing. Right. But if you really look at it, that population, uh, the the more flexible female population, actually responds and has such bigger changes in a positive way than the male population sure. does because they're creating well you know a, a balanced system. And and even to your point with the single leg training, like this is uh, the best example is like what if you're driving around and like one of your tires is flat. Right, the, <laughs> right all the time right right you're still going to be able to drive you're going to get from point a to point b but what other problems uh, in the car can be created because of this one issue that is mm-hmm. basically forcing everything else to compensate for it and sure. we see it all the time in the in in the lower body so um you know for for you from a from a standpoint of you know programming and training like how often should be people be doing strength conditions like strength work at, mm-hmm. being added into their program yeah, I mean, I think I think a minimum of two to three times a week is, is a good starting point there. And you know, if you got a lot of other things going on, I think if you can incorporate strength training like twice a week, that'd be that's that's optimal. That's that's protocoled out through ACSM guidelines. That's uh that's just been shown in the literature to be the um, minimum that you need. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think that's important too because I think uh, I think what's important to recognize is that strength training is it's just there to make life easier for you essentially. It's there to make your like if you like to go to yoga and you like to be a yogi, great. Now imagine being able to be super strong at those prolonged held, held positions at yeah. end range. Strength training can do that for you. If you're a runner, 
guess what? You're on one leg the entire time you're running. So you better be doing some single leg strength work or you're gonna run into some issues. I just was working on that with a patient yesterday. Um, and she was amazed that when we broke it down on one leg, how much stronger she was on her non-injured leg compared to her injured leg. Yeah. It's, it's pervasive. <laughs> um, yes. If you like Pilates, guess what? If you wanna hold that position longer, you better be strong. So yeah. like, it definitely doesn't have to be like the primary mode of, of um, training for you we're all adults like and this is the problem that we run into we're all adults right so and our time is precious our time is limited so we want to be able to like our time that we have to ourselves we're going to do what we like to do like if i like to run and i have an hour to myself i'm going to go run like yeah. it's just natural i get that um but you can flip that around on its head and say okay well what do we tell little kids to do <laughs> we tell them to diversify their sports and become a multi-sport athlete don't specialize too early all that stuff well training is just your sport as an adult like yeah. so the more you can diversify your training the better of an athlete an everyday athlete you'll be and then the the better longevity in your healthcare you'll have. So it just it's just a natural fit. I don't think it has to be anything crazy. You don't have to get worked up in terms of like, oh shit, I need to get, like I need to just do purely strength training, but I really love running, but I guess I can't do running because it's gonna make me injured. Like, no, that's not what yeah. we're trying to get at. It's a nice compliment to what you're doing. Hit that twice a week. It doesn't have to be anything complex. Matter of fact, most people overcomplicate strength training all the damn time. Yeah. Keeping it super simple is really effective. Like I, even like, I was talking, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday where, um, I was telling him that I think people change their exercises too much or they change their rep scheme too much. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, you don't need, like if I have you doing, like I could have you do four sets of 12 on back squat for a new, for a new person who's never been in the gym. I could have you do that uh, twice a week for like six weeks before I need to change a single variable with that. Yeah. Um, like that's just your, your body making adaptations. And um, if you, and if you are constantly varying exercises, you're never going to get strong in anything. So right. uh, you don't have to make things super cute, super complicated, super uh, Instagram worthy or anything. Yeah. Keeping things simple is really effective and it'll let you enjoy the other thing you can do in life. Well, this idea of like, let's confuse the body. <laughs> let's confuse yeah. the muscles, right? Well, it, it, and, big when I was in high school. Yeah. And the, but the thing is like, like we we make changes based on repetition yeah and really pretty much anything right and you know when we look at the literature like you brought up like you know actual research studies one of the strongest variables that dictates your quality of life as you get older like this is not uh, a made-up statistic this is validated to where the stronger your lower body is in particular mm -hmm. is one of the biggest indicators of you having a enjoyable life as you get older For sure. and the reason why is we get around the world on our legs so if you have weak legs that are hurt all the time your like ability to move around the world is not all that great mm -hmm. so you limit things that you might enjoy with your friends and family which leads to you not being as happy or more stressed out so this is why we're such sticklers for making sure people are actually training their body with these strength patterns that again two days a week and i think this is where a lot of people get frustrated is they're like i just can't go to the gym five days a week yeah great don't <laughs> please don't like yeah. there's this like it's there's so many other cool things you could do outside of the gym mm -hmm. but if you can get into a gym environment with proper program development and and actual like coaching where somebody is teaching you how to move better two days a week of that plus you go you go for a walk one day you yeah. know go on a hike go take your dog to the park and run around with them you know mm -hmm. go to your your kid's soccer practice and play around with that you know kick a ball around do something of sport or skill acquisition play a sport for god's sakes like how about you play softball one day or you know whatever it is that you're into but you just taking those two days at a minimum really and, and we talk about minimal effective dose like mm -hmm. 
if you're taking let's let's say Tylenol or Motrin, you know, if you take eight times the recommended dose, you could die, right? So what you want with those is the minimal effective dose. What's the least I can take to get the most benefit safely? And when we see strength and, and conditioning, twice a week is a great place for people to start where it also doesn't make them feel bad about themselves. They're like, man, I only made it I only made it three days this week. I was gonna try to go five. Right. You know, when you can only go two or you only commit to two, and maybe you do want to get in another day, but you're like motivated to do that, not discouraged because you didn't, you know, actually get there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. You know, it's very it's a very common saying in the world of uh, fitness and wellness that movement is medicine. And I totally agree with that, but okay, we're gonna take that, we're gonna own that that saying, then you gotta realize that you can OD on medicine. So if you can OD on medicine, then you can you can absolutely OD on, on movement. That's yeah. and that's and that's demonstrated time and time again. So I think you bring up a good point of like, you gotta be able to like you're in the gym for a reason. You're trying to enjoy life. <laughs> so get out and enjoy life. Don't yeah. beat yourself up if you can't make it to the gym five times a week because most most active adults who have careers and kids and other life responsibilities can't do that and they shouldn't beat themselves up about it. Yeah, and I think that is really common to see and, and for some people they just love going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Never we we'll never have a problem with those people right. um, you know, working on strength. Oh no. Like it's their hobby. Like yeah. your, your hobby is going to the gym, but for many people their hobby is not going to the gym. Like they right. go to the gym so they can do things that they like outside of that. And really, right. that's the goal, right? The goal is your vehicle in life is your body. How do you maintain that in a way where it's capable of doing the things that you want to do? Mm-hmm. On the, it could be as basic as, you know, picking your kid up out of the bathtub and having enough strength in your back and your hips to where you don't hurt yourself doing it mm-hmm. and you're safe picking them up. It could be to the extreme of like, for instance, one of the guys we worked with rode across the Atlantic Ocean in a single man boat, right? Like yeah. the human body is capable of many things along this, mm-hmm. this, this spectrum. It just depends on what your goals are. And from there, lining it up with the pro- proper training methodology. But, but even still, when we, when we see that, there are certain variables that really, you know, we think almost everybody should be, uh, should, should be doing. And one of those is strength training, which we definitely get a ton 100%. of resistance from, from people on this until they start doing it. And that's what's really, what's really funny because usually once they start going in, in as little as four to six weeks, mm-hmm. uh, adding in some structure strength work, all of a sudden they're like, wow, stairs are easier. Right. Uh, man, like I feel better getting out of bed in the morning. It's mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, your body is adapting right. in your a intelligent way. Efficient. Exactly. You're able to handle lows more. Like, yeah, yeah, the joints are getting like just healthier because they're getting yeah. that compression, decompression. Right. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and that's what's so interesting too is like we're such a uh, well-made, you know, organism. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want. Like we talk about like the human body and relating that to machines quite a bit, but like the most intricate thing in the world is the human body. And, 100%. Like we have this system where what Jake was talking about with compression and decompression of the joints where our, our philosophy is movement is medicine because it really is. So if you're, let's say you're going through a lunge pattern, every time that you flex your knee down to the bottom of that lunge pattern, you come back out of it, you're compressing the tissues of the knee and other joints that are then getting moved through that range, which is pushing fluid around and stimulating what's called synovial fluid release, which is like the lubricant for the joints. So you might've noticed if you sit in the car for a long time, or maybe you're sick and you're just stuck in bed, you're just achy as could be and you feel terrible, you feel like old. It's because your body hasn't had that self-lubrication that occurs under load. And when we start to get more and more of that, all of a sudden we feel better and we feel better and we feel better. And training should make you stronger and more resilient it shouldn't be the variable that's like why you end up in our office is because (laughs) you went to the gym and the gym hurts you Mm -hmm. the gym should you you should get hurt playing a sport or you should get hurt if there's an accident not because you did a you did too many lunges right you know right so anyway 
Guys, I hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit about strength training in particular. It's something that we do a lot of and help people get back into this stuff. If you want to learn more about what we do, head to athletespotential.com. If you want a little bit more about Jake, head to the About Us page. You can read all about all the cool stuff that he's done. Anything you want to finish up with on strength training, advice you want to give anybody? No, I think uh, I think the biggest thing to take away is, is uh, you don't have to kill yourself in the gym in terms of volume or load. Just keep things simple and then just variable your, or variability in your movement style. Yeah, 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 exactly. Cool. All right, cool. Well, guys, as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.